It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, M.D. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. This is a show that is designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson, MD, and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with the goal that you may learn something that may take your health and your life to a higher level. I will remind you that the information presented on this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please seek the advice of your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. All right, welcome back. So if you are just joining us, my guest today is Chauncey D. Whitehead, and he is a fitness professional. He has been in the fitness business for over 25 years, and he's the owner of CDW Health and Wellness Lifestyles. And in part one of our interview, Chauncey talked about the program that he currently has, I'm very impressed with this, where he has gotten people to walk, exercise, get involved in fitness in the Baltimore community. We do know in healthcare, we know that in the African community, fitness is not something that's always priority on the list. And, and this is also a community that has a lot of chronic uh, disorders that the truth is if they eat well and exercise, many of these disorders wouldn't be as much of a problem. So I really congratulate Chauncey for what he's doing in the Baltimore community. I actually see that this is something that should be done in other communities throughout the country. I mean, I think it's an amazing thing. Now, Chauncey, I'm going to make sure that on my Facebook page I share your picture because what I want to know is how do you stay fit over 50? I mean, you look great, and many of us would like to look that way in our 20s. So what is it that you're doing? And how does the average person look anywhere near the way you look? Oh, well, thank you for that compliment. I've got to give some of it to genetics, some of it to genetics. Genetics of my mother, she's extremely youthful at uh, 78 years old, and so I give a lot to genetics. However... Um, I'm going to go back to the basics of walking. Yes, I bodybuild. Yes, I'm a runner. Uh, yes, I love all forms of intense fitness. But what keeps me fit mentally and physically over 50 is walking. Walking is the walking is the key. Now, I suggest that anybody at any age, but especially over 50, you check with your medical professional before starting a walking program or any kind of fitness program. And... I watch what I eat. I remember that I may look 50. This may be a Mercedes on the outside, but it's a 50-year-old Mercedes. So I still got to be careful 
of the type of gas that I put in this Mercedes, that I may look like a, a 25-year-old on the outside and I can eat cheeseburgers and fries, but I can't afford to do that. I really have to be careful on what I put in my body. So for a 50-year-old person, I would tell them to go ahead, check with your medical professional first, start a walking program, a movement program, then incorporate the basics of strength training, weight resistance, body weight exercises. I always tell you, think like a kid. You may not be able to do 10 push-ups, but try to do five push-ups. You may not be able to do a pull-up, but just try to lift your body weight up a little bit. Do the same exercises, but not as intense as you did when you were a kid. Make it fun. You know, being over 50 does not mean that you have to be out of shape. And I take that away from so many people. I take a little time to tell you a joke. I teach classes over at the university, and a lot of the uh, young people in there, they'll say, well, you can do these exercises because uh, they think I'm maybe in my 30s. And then I tell them I'm in my 50s, and the funny response is, well, now you can do them because you've been doing them for so long. So I say, what is it? Is it because I'm young or I'm old? There is no reason for doing it. It's because I can and I want to do the exercises. I'm in better shape mentally and physically in my 50s than when I was in my 30s. One, because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing as it relates to exercise. I do it safely and I eat a lot better and I get the rest, the rest, the proper rest that I need. Some studies say 6.5 to 7 hours. Some say 8 but I make sure that if I'm tired, I get my rest and I drink plenty of water. And I love that. So you brought back some of the things that we said in part one of the interview, which is, A, you make that commitment. You know, If you want to look great like Chauncey, <laughs> like he does in his 50s, you have to make that commitment. Another thing you mentioned, which is so important, is no more of that mindless eating. People really have to be aware of what they're putting in their bodies, right? You have to say, I'm important enough that I am not going to put this thing in my body because it's not good for me. And as I often remind people that their health is their wealth. So when you go in with that mindset of, my, my health is my wealth, and I really want to be healthy, then you really then make that commitment to doing the things you need to do, and you pay attention to what you're putting in your body. One of the things you, you just suggested, some basic exercise, but one of the things that people often ask is, do I really need a trainer? Do you think everyone needs a trainer? What a prof fitness professional can provide for you and help you do is manage your time. The number one deterrent from exercise that I get from people and most professionals is I don't have the time. What the fitness professional can allow you to do is to find the time in your day. If people ask me what is one of the most important things that I do initially with a client is I tell them, I tell them finding the time for them to exercise outside of the time they're paying for me. Now, everyone does not have the ways or means to financially afford a fitness professional. They do not have that, and I understand that. However, most gyms and a lot of clubs offer group training. They offer uh, discounts. I would suggest find a gym where most of the group training is 10 to $15 a person, and they may train four or five people. The expertise you will get from that trainer will help you reduce the 
time when you go into a gym, walk around, well, what do I do with this machine? What do I do with that machine? Should I do my cardio first? Should I do my cardio second? Therefore, you'll get the expertise that reduce your time in the gym, make your uh, workouts more efficient, and you should see the results quicker. If you cannot afford a personal trainer, and you can afford 5 to $10 at McDonald's or $10 for a pizza, I suggest you take some of that money and you put it in group training to help you get the expertise to get you in a healthier level of fitness quicker and more efficient. It can be done. Absolutely. And, and like you said, this is all about priorities. We do take that same money and get ourselves a pedicure or a manicure you into a fitness class that will do so much more for your body, for your health, for your mind. You sort of mentioned some of the answers to this uh, before, but because it's such an important question for many people, I just want to see if there's anything else you want to add in terms of specific tips for people who are really finding trouble with time, because it is true, even for me, I sometimes struggle with finding the time to work out. I've learned that I can, I don't have to do it all in that one block of time. So sometimes I'll do 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, 15 minutes here. For people who are really having a lot of trouble finding the time, because that's a lot of, a lot of the times that's what people will say. Are there other tips that you could share with them? Um, time is the number one. But you know it's the number one, and I have trained many medical professionals, and, and, and that is it too. Time, 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 time. One of the tips I would, I would try to get someone to see that has difficulty with time management, we would write down, you have to do it, what is going on during the day. Then we would find, we would try to find that 15 to 20-minute block. I'm not going to say 45 to an hour because then that writes out a whole bunch of time. Studies have shown that you can be effective and productive at 15 to 20 minutes a day. 15 Monday, 15 Tuesday, that's 30 minutes. 15, now all of a sudden in a seven-day period, you do have at least 90 minutes to two hours of physical activity. Find the least amount of time. Start consistent at that point. If you can consistently work out 15 minutes to 20 minutes a day at the least amount of time that you have available, then you'll find all of a sudden, it just happens, you can find 20 minutes and you can find 30. The biggest problem, if I tell a potential client or just someone asking the question, you need 30 to 60 minutes a day, they always say, I don't have the time, I can't do it. You know? So then we have a no-win situation. Let's try to find 15 to 20 minutes. We usually can find that. I'd say 15 minutes. Everybody can find 15 minutes. That's what I always tell them. The GEICO, 15 minutes, just 15 minutes of exercise and we'll go from there every day. I agree with that because, like I said, that's how I've been able to get some exercise in. It is hard to come up with a 45-minute period, but I can find the 15 minutes here and there pretty soon. You know, at the end of the day, it definitely adds up. For people who are Excuse me. One more thing on that 15 minutes. And one of the main reasons is because we want to make it part of your consciousness. So if you are thinking about fitness at least 15 minutes a day, when that 45-minute block does become available, it's not foreign to you. So we need to think about it. I want my clients and people to think about some form of exercise, some form of movement that concerns their body every single day. So when that time does become available, you're not saying, well, what do I need to do at the gym? That's what happens a lot. Now you've got an hour, but you don't know what to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and bringing this in, too, you know, I'll say, okay, I have 15 minutes, and maybe I'm heading home and it's really late, and I'm thinking about the fitness. I know I may not have the time. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll just get off of the train a few stops before, and that allows me to walk that extra 15, 20 minutes exactly. so I can get exactly. it in. So, yeah, you're right. Exactly. If you're thinking about it, then you'll find ways to get it in. So I was going to ask you, people are out there working out. There are different things that they do. People lift weights. They, they, they will do cardio. They, what is the best combination of workout for someone who wants to achieve the best fitness level? Like what should I be doing? Should it be cardio? Should it be weightlifting? What, what do you suggest? You know what, when that question is, is asked of me, I always say it's a trick question because then I'm going to put it back to you. What I tell people is, is that, well, see, Chelsea, what is the best form of fitness or what is the most efficient caloric burn on the, you know, piece of equipment in the gym? And I, my response to them is the one you'll use, the one that you will do. I could sit here and tell you that a boot camp style uh, fitness uh, class is the most efficient at burning so many calories, but if you don't like that form of exercise, you're not going to do it consistently, and when you have a minor injury or, or something that prevents you, you're going to stop and you're going to say, I'm not going to do it. What I would tell a person is, let's find out what you like first. If you like inline skating, if you like bicycle, if you like running, then we'll look at what is the caloric burn, what is the most efficient discipline in that that you have chosen, and we'll work from there. Because I find a lot of people are running out buying these high-intense fitness videos that are on television right now. They don't like that type of exercise. They do it for a few weeks, and then they won't do it anymore. So the exercise that you like, you have to make it fun. It has to be something you enjoy. I don't care if it's a 1,000 calories a minute. If you don't like it, you're not going to do it consistently, and then you are going to burn out, and you're going to be spinning your wheels. My advice, find an exercise you like. Once you find the exercise that you like, do the research, find out what is the highest caloric burn, and then you go from there. Make it fun and do something you like. That is such sage advice. It is true. It is, you find the thing you like, the thing you enjoy. It is the thing that you'll most likely do, and you'll get success with that. So that is excellent. I, and I do remember patients would sometimes ask in terms of blood pressure. They'll hear all sorts of things on TV, and they'll say, what is the best blood pressure medicine for me? And usually the answer is the one you'll take. You know, because it doesn't matter, just like you said, with the fitness, it doesn't matter what exercise is out there, what, what's the latest craze. If you won't do it, then it will not benefit you. So I love that answer. Exactly. You phrase that exactly. It, 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 I couldn't phrase it any better. It won't benefit you. It, it just won't. You know, I had, I've, I've seen it. I've, I have worked with individuals where the exercise that they're doing they won't do it enough because they don't enjoy it. They heard or they seen or they saw or they've been hearing that people are losing weight with it, but you don't like it, so you're not doing it. And you're right. If you want to have the benefit from it, there has to be some type of uh, fun element that you like about it. Otherwise, I can tell you what my experience, and you can tell from uh, working with patients, they're not going to take the medication and they're definitely not going to do the exercise. 
Dr. Diane A. Thompson is a physician, writer, speaker, and radio host of the popular syndicated show, Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. You may also listen to her live on Atlanta Broadcasting Network, 1570 a.m. WIGO, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To contact Dr. Diane A. Thompson, go to her website and sign up for updates at drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thompson. Now back to our show. All right. So here's a, another question, and I actually got this from a listener. And I think because there's been so much controversy about whether or not you do certain things before you work out, so people get confused. So what do you tell your clients about stretching before or after working out? It's funny you should mention that. There, you know, as you well know, in, in, in medicine, there's a study for everything. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and recently, recently, the question you just asked has been debated for a long time. There was a recent study, uh, maybe about three years ago, now that debunks you should warm up and stretch before you go into your cardiovascular exercise or strength training. Now, this is my response once again, is that do what makes you feel good. I know that when I do a five- to seven-minute warm-up, then I get off the treadmill or if I'm out walking and I stretch, I feel my muscles respond better, I feel mentally better before I start my intense exercise when I warm up. But as I said, there is a study out where people have been debating and talking that, oh, I don't have to warm up anymore. I find that warming up works for me and I feel better and my clients that we that I've trained to warm up before they do an intense exercise, warm up before they even go out and shovel snow, any type of intense physical activity, any kind of warm-up of your body, your heart, and, and your muscles, you feel better, and you tend to respond to that um, stimulant a lot better. So I suggest, my suggestion is, if it makes you feel good, because to, to remove the debate, then go ahead and do a little warm-up. It makes me feel good. My muscles respond better. I lessen injury by warming up. So I suggest the warm-up. Okay. But for people who don't at this point, it really, there's no rule that says you have to. No. There's no, and to answer your question, there's no rule or no study that shows that, uh, to my knowledge at this day, that you have to warm up before you start the exercise. Okay. Another question that I got from listeners, and this is what I tell you, women, they struggle with this. They struggle with this so much. And I could probably even mention it for the abdominal area also, but they wanted to know, are there any specific exercises to get rid of back fat? And I'm sure you probably get that same question for the abdominal fat. So do we have specific exercises that are targeted to those areas and those areas only? Okay, my answer to that one is there is no spot reduction for any area on our body. There is no spot reduction as it relates to exercise. That is why you have to take the total body, the total body method as it relates to exercise. Your cardio, strength, flexibility, and I always add number four, Chauncey's number four, which is consistency, consistency on all three. There is no, no spot reduction, and that is the number one. If people ask me what is the number one thing men and women want to get rid of, and mainly men women, is their abdominal fat and their back fat. As I always say, say no to back fat. So <laughs> I, say, I tell them we have to do a combination of things, and it has to be consistent. We have to do our cardio. We have to do our weight-bearing strength training. 
at least three to four times a week. And we, we need to practice flexibility. Flexibility is not stretching. It's not 15 or 20 seconds. It's taking the muscles to a, through a full range of motion for 60 to 90 seconds in a controlled setting, maybe 30-minute Pilates class, Pilates yoga fusion, or even if it's, it's not in a class, just stretching your muscles out, relax, and breathe. There's no spot reduction for abdominal fat or back fat. However, if we consistently do all the forms of exercise and we're eating right and you check, I'll say it again, you check with your medical professional and there's nothing that's going to prevent you from losing that fat around your abdominal area or around your back because there's some medical history that the personal trainer you're not aware of during your exercise, then you, you should see results. But that's why it's so important when clients come to me, I fill out a, uh, a participation-ready questionnaire to find out what is going on or do I have any idea medically that may prevent you from doing the exercises and seeing a result if you do it. Because number one, the number two deterrent of exercise is no result. Mm, okay. And I definitely agree with you that, and I tell people this all the time, you know, we, we are encouraging exercise, but you should speak with your healthcare provider before starting, especially if you oh. haven't, yeah, if you've never exercised, you haven't done anything in years, you don't know if you have any underlying uh, cardiac problems or any problems at all that needs to be addressed. So speak with your healthcare provider, so let them know you, you're trying to do a good thing, but get them on board so that we know you're in the best uh, shape to begin exercising. So that's very important. And for our listeners, if you're just joining me, my guest today is Chauncey D. Whitehead, and he is a fitness professional that's filled with a lot of great advice and information, and he's the owner of CDW Health and Wellness Lifestyles. Now, you said something earlier, and I want to go back to it just briefly. You mentioned that walking is one of the things you encourage. And so years ago, I used to, probably like many Jamaicans out there, you know, in college I did um, track and field. And so I did running for a long time. And interestingly enough, after several years, I started having some knee pain. So that kind of made me move towards walking. And so I do brisk walking for my exercise. I really enjoy it. I think I get a good workout. There are people out there who still do a lot of running. Do you prefer walking over running or is it just an individual thing? Well, I am a runner. I am a runner. I'm a marathon runner. I've ran 19 marathons, trained numerous people for marathons, 5Ks, 10Ks, you name it, I've done it. However, the running community can be a little crazy. And sometimes we don't listen to our knees, our hips, and when our body is talking. I prefer walking because um, sometimes the pounding and studies have shown that the uh, pounding on the knees, the pounding on the ankles, the pounding on the hips, and as we get older, just wears it down. And, and, and it can, and it, and it really can. But I tell people because a person will tell me they can't run. But most people don't tell me, unless there's some kind of medical condition going on, that they can't walk. <laughs> so so I, that's why we encourage on our walk that nobody is running. We want you to walk. We want you to walk. I prefer walking because my runners are always like, well, you're a runner. Yeah, but I don't have to run. I got to walk. I don't have to run. Now, once I show you how to walk, then I'm going to teach you a fitness walk. And then from the fitness walk, what do you mean, Chauncey? I'm going to show you 
how to get your heart rate up, how to move your arms up to get your heart rate up, how to take the heels to get your heart rates up. I'm going to show you a health walk. I'm going to turn that pedestrian walk into a physical activity because walking takes the stress off the knees, takes the stress off if you don't have the pounding, whether you're 200 pounds or 150 pounds, my knees still take a pounding from running all those miles. So I stay in shape and I stay cardiovascular fit by not running four months of the year and power walking or walking. That is how I keep my 50-year-old Mercedes will still turn it, walking. All right, and we want to look like that 50-year-old Mercedes. And in terms of walking, I know years ago, and there are things that were fad back then and we, we know better today, but years ago you would see people out there walking and they would have weights on their, on their legs or on their arms. Is this something that's still in vogue? Is this still encouraged? Not as, as, not as uh, vogue as it was back in the days. One they found out through uh, studies and through the medical um, um, community is that eventually those three or four pounds, and sometimes people would use weight that was too heavy, started pulling their knees and, and individuals started having knee problems, hip problems, cartilage problems, all kinds of problems. Because if you're going to use ankle weights or hand weights or any of that, I'm going to go back to check with your medical professional. Let your medical professional know that, look, doctor, I'm walking, I'm running, I'm walking, and I want to use some ankle weights, uh, in, you know, within my knees. Is this a good idea? Is it a bad idea? You know, what should I do? Because everyone's body is different. I've seen some individuals that do it, and they've never had a knee problem in the world. I don't advise it. I've never done it. Even when it was in, I never did it. And to this day, I've been blessed my knees are still good. But I don't think it's a good idea because people, they, they will start with real light weights, and I've been out in the parks and, in, and on tracks, and I've seen people walking with 10-pound weights on their ankles. I think that's just too much weight. Your, your knees too. and your hips can't handle it. But it looks good outside. People are impressed with it, and, you know, it, it looks good. But is it really good? So I would say check with your medical professional Continue to use your body weight. You want to work it out, find a heel, not ankle weights. Just walk more heels. And that's what I'm saying. Walk more heels, you'll get a better effect than you would putting those ankle weights on. Because if you look, most people that have those ankle weights on, they're not walking up a hill. They're walking a track. They're not walking up the steps. Find a heel, find an incline, and you'll get a better, a more healthier benefit than using ankle weights. All right, great advice. Now let's turn our attention to dietary changes. So people are working out. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're doing what Chauncey has encouraged, and they're getting their bodies fit. What do you encourage in terms of specific dietary changes to really get them to that level of health and fitness? First, unlike a a lot of my colleagues, I will start off by saying in advisory, I am not a certified nutritionist or dietitian. The only advice that I can give is just uh, basic advice as it relates to, to eating healthy. I would say to an individual, let's start making your plate a little bit more colorful. The more greens and the more colors on your plate, the healthier your plate is going to be, no matter who you are. Let's try to start choosing the portions of meat that are a little leaner, less fat, and our palm size, as big as your hand. A funny thing, I was on a radio station, 
And the gentleman that was interviewing me, he said, as big as my hands, he was like six, seven. So he had a big palm and said, no, that's a two-gun stake in your hand. I don't know. That's just too big. So usually the, the rule of thumb is palm size, hand size, unless you have a huge hand, is usually about four or five, maybe six ounces, six ounces. So you want to make your plate more, co- more colors on your plate, meat size, palm, and try your best to have some fruits and vegetables in every single meal that you have and drink plenty of water. And then if you have an opportunity, sometimes some of these health fairs have dietitians or nutritionists at the health fair. Write down what you've been eating and just ask the dietitian or the nutritionist to take a glance at it and see if they have any advice that they can give you as it relates to healthier eating. All right, and I'll summarize. And I often give talks on uh, healthy intake, and a lot of these is what I share as well. Your plate should be a rainbow of colors. You really want to decrease your portion sizes. I remember a study that was done with um, a group of people in Japan. They lived the longest of all people in this world, really. And what they found was that one of the key things was that they decreased their portion intake. So really eat about 80% of what's on your plate. You don't have to eat until you're full. And as Chauncey said, increase your fruits and vegetables. And I tell people sometimes, if you can't get it all in that way, make a smoothie. That's one of the things I do in the mornings and in the evenings. Yeah, I just dump the fruits and vegetables in my blender, and I know that I'm going to get several servings throughout the day. And like you say, increase your water intake. Many times we don't drink enough water. So those are really great advice. So now the other thing was I, I love to leave my listeners with something, something that they can take with them this week and implement immediately. The truth is pretty much everything you've said so far they could do. But is there one thing that you would suggest that would help uh, what, you, what I would call the single most important tip to ensure success as they begin their fitness regimen? Okay. It, it, it may be a run-on, but I find what would my answer would be? Go for a walk. Go for a walk. Find someone to walk with you, go for a walk, and talk about your fitness goals and your family during that walk, and then set another date for another walk. Just that simple. Go for a walk, talk with your friends and families on the walk, and set another date for your walk. Walking is the start. Excellent. So go for a walk. I think people can go through this interview with a notepad and just take little notes because there's so many um, nuggets that you have shared with us throughout this interview. And I'm going to summarize them, actually, and share them on my page so people can, can have easy access to that. I thank you so much for being on the show. How may our listeners contact you? I can be contacted via my webpage, uh, www. I'm still old school, so I say www.cdwhealthandwellness.com. <laughs> or my Facebook page, CDW Health and Wellness Lifestyles on Facebook, or as make it real easy, if you Google me, Chauncey D. Whitehead, my website comes up, my Facebook comes up, and some of the uh, different uh, um, articles I've been quoted on as it relates to health and wellness uh, in the community. Wonderful. So once again, thank you for coming on the show. We thank Chauncey D. Whitehead. I'll also make sure that is website and Facebook uh, page. The information to those pages are also 
on my page so you can get access to that. I, I really thank him for the stage advice. And as I said early on, we were we were we've been trying to get together for the longest and finally we have and I think it's so worth it because all this information has been great. So thanks again, Chauncey, for coming on. I thank you and your listeners uh, for uh, listening in. And I will leave you, the listeners, with the quote of the week. It says, you will never know your limits until you push yourself to them. And I think this is something that's applicable in every aspect of your life, including your fitness health. So, again, I thank Chauncey D. Whitehead for coming on. I remind you that your health is your wealth, so please do something healthy for yourself this week. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Please join us every other Sunday on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash Dr. Diane Thompson at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to listen to past shows, or would like our free ebook on stress, please visit www.drdianethompson.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy today. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.